The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Inside Out with your host, Beth Green. This is James Maynard, your co-host. Today's topic, God, the secret, and controlling reality. How can we live with reality instead? Life is tough for most of us, such as, my family was poor and we lacked necessities, or my parents had money but mom couldn't be bothered with a child, or dad worked endless hours and snorted cocaine, or my parents divorced and hated each other, that was true for my family, (laughs) or I grew up in a violent neighborhood, or I was raped or molested, or I was born with a speech defect, or my husband or wife is an alcoholic, or I have cancer. Everyone has a story of real suffering, even those who don't admit it. So it's natural that we don't really trust life, which means we don't really trust God. And who would blame us for looking for ways to control reality? For many spiritual people, the craving for control has shown up in beliefs such as the secret or other versions of manifestation consciousness. In this show, we're going to take a hard look at the secret and related beliefs. We'll discuss what's good about them, and we'll acknowledge what's damaging. And then we'll look at the alternative, which is living with reality. So stay tuned and call in with your question or comment. And now here's Beth from the Inside Out. You are so very welcome to this program today. I am very keen on talking to our audience about the topic of the secret and manifestation, consciousness, and positive thinking, which I believe have truth in them, but which are out of balance and are therefore not true, meaning that when people think of these as universal laws, then they are not true. They're only partial truths. And the reason that I would like to talk with you about this today is that I have seen this kind of spiritual belief systems being damaging to people when they're taken on in that wholehearted way without any kind of other kinds of awareness and including common sense. And I also believe that they can be damaging when and if they take us away from a real sense of spirituality, which is coming into harmony with what is and with God. So there is a lot to be said on this topic. I do not actually know my audience. Some of you I hear from, and I love that. Then I know who you are, I know what you're feeling, I know what you're thinking. For the rest of you, I have glimpses on the intuitive plane, and I would say that it's probably a mixed bag of people with different kinds of beliefs. Some of you 
haven't even heard of those beliefs, the secret, manifestation consciousness, creative visualization. And so you'll say, what is this big ado about? Nothing. Some of you have dropped those beliefs. Some of you are very embedded into those beliefs, and those beliefs are embedded embedded into you. So for those of you who are deeply attached to those beliefs, I ask you to just open your minds and your hearts today and consider what I'm saying because I also know just intuitively that many of you are carrying those beliefs but there's something in you that isn't comfortable with them at least not anymore. I have seen so many elderly new agers who are still trying to cling to beliefs that they carried with them for 20, 30, 40 years that fly in the face of their circumstances. But it's very hard for people to let go of beliefs that they are identified with. It is also very difficult for us to let go of beliefs that we have been taught, have been trained to believe that are ingrained in us. And it's hard to let go of beliefs when we don't know what to substitute for them. In fact, I have been taught through my guidance that beliefs are just beliefs and none of them should ever be confused as the truth. And that includes what I teach. I teach you what I sincerely believe I teach you what has worked for me and what has worked for I don't know how many people over the years that I've been a spiritual teacher. But I don't say that these are truths. I say these are beliefs, these are approaches. If they stop working for you or they don't work for you, let them go. Sometimes a belief doesn't work for you because you don't really believe it and you're actually living a contrary reality. So you can say, well, I've tried your ideas, Beth, and they don't work, but, and you haven't really tried them. And that could be true of any belief you have. But for many, there has been a dedicated intention to work with belief systems that don't work. Now, we have taken on in Inside Out a number of belief systems For example, the idea that God is perfect and static is something that I was taught by God is not true. That is, I had a very powerful um, mystical experience where God spoke to me, which is not unusual. God speaks to me all the time. But this was one with all the lights going off and the, you know, very fiery, sparkly kind of experience. And it was a very, very amazing experience. And in, at that time, God told me that God was changing, which completely shocked me because I had the idea that many of you also have, which is that God is static and perfect. In fact, I don't see how God could be changing if God were perfect. But these are all words and concepts. I when God told me God is changing, I took that very seriously. And then I began to understand what God was trying to tell me was that God is a higher consciousness that is in the process of evolution. 
I am evolving. God is evolving. There is no such thing as the perfect God and the sinful humanity. We are all aspects of one another. We are aspects of the God that is not just above me, but as part of me. And we are all in the process of evolution. So that is a belief system. And when I put out my first book on the topic, which was not the first time I started teaching it, I was teaching these ideas in the 80s, 1980s. But I wrote my first book about it in 2000, and it's called Sacred Union, The Healing of God. You can get it on Amazon. And uh, the healing of God means that we are healing God rather than that God is healing us, or we are the God that is healing itself because we are really one. So that's one of the belief systems that I have felt very strongly guided to teach. And it works very well with my common sense and my experience in life, that life is not perfect. And it's absurd to walk around trying to act like it is. But I can certainly see a divine hand, which is quite amazing. And this is one of the paradoxes in my own belief system, which is I know God isn't perfect. I know life sucks. I know it's a struggle. I know that uh, that God is as flawed as I am, as I am God's manifestation. I am God's product. And God could not be perfect and have created humanity. That wouldn't make very much sense. <laughs> but I can see all of that. And at the same time, I have tremendous faith in the power of this tremendous intelligence that is beyond my own. And you see, this is a key point when we're talking about the secret or other forms of manifestation consciousness that I live and breathe in the hopes and in the intention and the dedication to being as aligned as possible with the higher consciousness, even though I don't think of it as perfect and static. Seems paradoxical, doesn't it? But I sure know that there is wisdom and there is energy that is way beyond me. All I have to do is be in awe of nature. And I am reminded, whether I'm looking at the stars or I'm looking at the trees, or I'm looking at the mountains, or I'm looking from the mountains to the valley, how awesome creation is. And I'm sure you all have felt this too. I look at this, and I am just in awe of the creative energy that brought this universe into existence, perfect or not. Clearly, our physical universe is evolving. Species are evolving. Stars are born and die. There is, and yet, it is awesome. And it is of such a higher degree of magnitude and intelligence than mine. And I speak to and hear from what we call the masters, but it could be the saints or it could be the Buddha or it can, I, it can be anything, which is a level of consciousness, an awareness that is much greater than my own. And ultimately, 
as much as I may bitch and moan about the universe as as it has been created, and as unhappy as I am with the state of consciousness of humanity and wonder how God could have created this if God were not in the experimental stage, and as much as I am in pain about the world that people have to grow up in and somehow find some kind of serenity, peace, and higher consciousness despite the fact that people are traumatized all over the world. Despite all of that, I know that there is, in fact, or I should say there are, in fact, levels of consciousness way beyond my own, and I long to connect to those levels of consciousness so that I can be more enlightened in the sense of having more to offer others. And I have dedicated my life to that. When I first had my spiritual awakening and then a psychic awakening and I began to hear that inner voice, which I at that time called God but could call anything else, I could call it higher consciousness. I could call it a higher power. When, or I could call it the great spirit or anything, just when I became aware of that consciousness and that I could in fact connect to it, my life turned on a dime because I had only one desire, which was to be connected to that. And I asked my guides at the time, they looked like guides, which I now know they aren't really guides, but they, they're they not in form, but it's just levels of consciousness. And I asked my guides why they had chosen me to channel this consciousness and to be a healer and follow the divine wisdom that I was given in every counseling session, in every workshop, in everything that I've ever done. And the answer was not, Beth, because you are so brilliant. The answer was, because you would listen. And I understood then that line about many are called but few answer. I listened. Maybe I didn't hear perfectly. Maybe I superimposed my own beliefs at times, my fears or my intentions. But my hope was, and my intention and my dedication has always been to listen and to be guided by a consciousness greater than my own, even when everything inside me is screaming, don't do it. Don't listen. I know better, I, my ego, I, society, I, everything. I did not create the Inside Out or be part of the creation of the Inside Out radio program in order to win a popularity contest. If I wanted to win a popularity contest, I wouldn't teach what I teach and I wouldn't intervene with my callers the way I do. I did it because I felt guided that when I heard from Voice America that it was time that I needed to do an internet radio program. And that was so that this aspect of consciousness that comes through me can find a voice. I should say find a transmitter. 
And I humble myself before that powerful divine consciousness and ask to be nothing. I asked to be nothing so that I could transmit as purely as I could. The energies that are coming from other levels of consciousness, the wisdom that comes from other levels of consciousness to the very best of my ability. And this happened to me, you see, in 1980. And I became aware that there were other spiritual teachers, of course, who were teaching different things. And because I did not have a spiritual background, because I was an atheist, I didn't know what those teachings were. But one of the very first things that I was taught was God said to me, Beth, do not read anything, do not study with anyone, be a blank slate for me to write on. And so I had to keep myself, not to say that others didn't have wisdom, but that I had to stay a blank slate. And over the many, many years, I have read very little. But I came across what was the popular spiritual belief system of the time. And at that time, it was Terry Cole Whitaker and there were positive thinking and many kinds of beliefs that did not jibe with what I was being taught through my own inner guidance. And I didn't meet anybody who said God wasn't perfect. And I found that, you know, I was taught later that the New Thought churches say God is perfect and so am I. And I say, I'm imperfect and so is God. And it was more than that. It was then that we could manifest what we want. And I remember distinctly a time when I was in Los Angeles working. I had come down to work. I was living in Oregon, and I was becoming very popular because I'm a very good counselor. I can see into people in an amazing way when I'm in a counseling session with them or when I'm doing a workshop or leading a group. And at that time, I was becoming very popular, and people were throwing money at me and wanted to see me. And at the same time, the secret was emerging. And suddenly I turned around, and and everybody said they don't want to read my books about how God isn't perfect, and we're all aspects of God's consciousness in the process of evolution. And they didn't want to hear the idea that they could not control destiny, that they that this they, they wanted to believe that they could manifest and they could control reality. And I'm going to come back and I'm going to talk about that after our commercial break. But I'm going to tell you that I saw my practice disappearing, my followers going off following a different path. And I did not waver because it did not feel true. And not only did it not feel true, it felt contrary to everything that I experienced and that everything I knew in my gut was true about the relationship between humanity and the universe. And I will come back and clarify all of this in our next segment. So hang in there with me. I'll see you soon. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, BethGreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training, and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Welcome back, folks. I'm delighted to say we already have a caller. But before we go on to that, we need to take on what is this new age new thought thinking that I'm talking about. And I will, over the, the rest of the show, talk about why that thinking is flawed. And before we get to our caller, James would like to speak about this because unlike me, James was steeped in this kind of consciousness for many, many years and is coming from to this conversation from a different side. Okay, very good. Thank you, Beth. Uh, The basic foundation of the secret and what we generally call manifestation consciousness is what's called the law of attraction. That is, like attracts like. That is, uh, people have positive things happen in their life because they have the positive elements in their uh, mind and emotion that are broadcasting out and attracting things that resonate and, and correspond to what they're sending out. And if they're sending out fear-based motivations and uh, uh, limited thinking, poverty consciousness, and so on, then they attract poverty. Uh, that's it in a nutshell. And uh, this results in people feeling very guilty and bad about themselves if they fail to uh, work the laws of attraction correctly. And uh, so now I'd like to turn it over to Beth as to what happens uh, when people try, what's, what's flawed about that? That law well, of attraction. Hasn't anybody ever heard that opposites attract? <laughs> <laughs> what happens when you put two positive, um, what do you call those, with the magnets? Uh, yeah, positive poles of a magnet. What happens to them? They repel. They repel. The idea that like attracts like is, is a partial truth, it's absurd. I would like to begin with a very simple, uh, the positive thing about all of this positive thinking, a law of attraction, is that there is some truth to that. If you 
wander around waiting for God to rescue you and you do nothing for yourself, you are going to get nowhere. But that was summed up in the phrase, God helps those who help themselves. God can't do it for us. The universe can't fix everything for us. So I totally agree with the energy behind that. And it is also true that if you walk around being as grumpy as hell, people are going to be repelled. I would be. So, you know, but on the other hand, you will find a lot of people who feel the need to fix people and they will be exactly attracted to somebody who's grumpy because they have this program in their psyche that they have to go and fix the grumpy man or heal the sick child or whatever it is because that's part of their psyche. To make it a law, to make it a law is absolutely horrific when you think about the amount of suffering on this planet and you say that like attracts like and that infant who lies in the crib whose father or mother flings it against the wall or that child who has a cigarette burned into its arm is like attracting like? What are you going to say? In a, you were bad in a past life. You came in with a bad vibration. It's, you know, it's simple-minded. So yes, there is a partial truth in it that if we want more positive things in our lives, we have to be more positive. It is also true that walking around feeling grumpy and negative will make us sick on the inside. But that is not the law of attraction. The reason that we want to believe in the law of attraction, and I'm going to call on my caller in a moment so uh, he doesn't get gray uh, while he's hanging on on the line. But the reason that we want to believe in the law of attraction is that we want to believe we can control the universe. And that is what is most damaging and so totally anathema to spirituality, which has to do with living with reality in a state of grace. Yeah, one of, the, one of the phrases that is used is, you create your own reality. That is absurd. That is absurd. I walked out today and there were trees there, gorgeous trees that were created by God. And I did not create that reality, nor did I personally, individually create the reality of the hell that most people live in. It is ridiculous. It is ego screaming from the rooftop. It's got to be me. It's got to be me. Uh, I'll do it my way. You see, the ego, the I, wants to believe that it can control reality when we are drops of water in the stream. We, at best, collectively can co-create reality. We collectively, for instance, are messing up our environment, but we did not create the sun. Even collectively, we cannot create reality. We can only create a traffic jam on the freeway. (laughs) So now I'd like to call on Todd from California, if you still want to speak after what I've said. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, that's a lot. But what I wanted to call in and just say is um, I'm so with you, and I, I was one of those people that believed I could create my own reality. And um, Did you? Yeah, I mean, I think wow. I did when I, you know, first came mm-hmm. to work This with kind you. of consciousness, yes. Yeah. 
Um, and I just, I'm happy that you're talking about it because I think it is so seductive, you know, to think that we can control reality. It's just very, you know, appealing in, in one way, in a, in, a, in a kind of ridiculous way, you know, that... Um, so I didn't, you know, you didn't, you asked people to call, but there wasn't a specific question or topic. So I really just felt I wanted to call because I wanted to say how different it's been since I've, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, given up that notion mm. of, that I create reality. And I just, you know, I feel more in sync with people. Um, you know, I, there's still that ego of wanting to, you know, show off or prove things. That's still there. Um, but I, I'm able to to notice it, observe it, be more in control of it or just acknowledge it if I do realize that I'm doing that to... To be less dominated. You're less yeah. dominated by it. Yeah, and able to self-correct when I find myself doing it, or either before I do something stupid or, or afterwards and admit that I have, you know, in terms of like, yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm really something. I'm, I'm, I'm killing it, as they say. Right. That's, you know, Todd, I'm, I'm so uh, happy that you've called in and you've said that because there are people out there who are going to say, I can't give up those beliefs. All the important spiritual teachers of the 20th century have taught this. Well, you know what makes those people important? You make them important by believing them. Yeah. People are not important, and then you believe in them. It's you believe in them, and that makes them important. Yeah. Uh, it's you know I may be important to some people who think I'm important. That doesn't mean that I am. That just means yeah. that they think I am. And if the collective consciousness gives value to a certain perspective, I mean, there was a time when we believed that there were four humors that caused ill health. You know, we, we don't even remember that. That That is from the old-time uh, medical belief system or that the solution to all problems was to bleed a, a patient. Right. And that was what was accepted, what the experts were telling us. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it could have been common sense to say, if I'm already weak, are you sure that bleeding me is really going to help? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we are so afraid to use our common sense. Because we want to have answers that have been handed down that we believe are going to work. And the promise is you are going to have control over the reality when you can't even control your children. Boy, that's for sure. And, and, <laughs> and what is fabulous about that example is these children are your manifestation. They came from you, but they aren't only your manifestation. In a way, they've learned a lot from you, but they come in with their own spirits, they come in with their own DNA, and they have their own God, and they have their own destiny. So, when we believe that we should be able to control reality, as I think James was saying earlier, it causes an incredible amount of shame, because we can't do it. And then we keep asking ourselves, what is wrong with us? I have met people, earlier I mentioned the fact that new agers are getting old. 40 years ago, I was sick. 30 years ago, I was sick. Today, I'm sick, right? (laughs) But when I was sick 30 years ago, the spiritual people that I met 
who were running different belief systems mm-hmm. say, you wouldn't be sick if it wasn't for your thinking. There's something in you that wants to be sick. And I looked at them and I said, you be born with this body and then you can tell me that. Yeah. Now, is it true that people can improve their health by thinking more positively? Of course! It doesn't help to be negative. It doesn't help anything to be negative, but realistic. But to think that if I have positive thoughts or if I were truly positive, I would not be sick. And, you know, when I ventured out of my home where I was housebound because I was sick, and this was before the Internet, and I uh, occasionally I bumped into people who were being trained in different belief systems, I immediately felt shamed. Now, those people are 30 years older. Guess what? They're sick. Mm-hmm. And what are they doing? They're walking around like they're still flower children trying to believe that, you know, all we need is love. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and they're not equipped. They don't have the tools to deal with reality because they're still, some of them, I'm not saying everyone, is still caught up in that belief system. So they're still trying magical thinking to fix themselves instead of realizing that there is, that there is such a thing as age. <laughs> and that until, and that that's okay, and that that's part of reality is that we age, we ill, we die, you know, and that we need to take care of our bodies, not just think positively, and that there are things that are going to happen that we can't control, and to be in a state of grace about that. My God, one of the reasons that I am a functional disabled person is that I'm not defeated by reality. But I had to start with accepting it. And it's the same things about money. People think that it's their fault that they're not wealthy. Well, maybe that's because they're in a field where you don't make much. Or because they're doing something that's unpopular. Or because there's a recession. You know, the same thing that you believe that you've manifested. Um, I hate to tell on you, James. But Go the ahead. example c- comes up about you thinking that you turned over real estate and you made money through manifestation consciousness. Uh, and, I did it dur- and I did it during the boom cycle of real right. estate, <laughs> which had nothing whatever to do with my magical powers of manifestation. Because <laughs> <laughs> everybody else who was playing in real estate was making money too. And then what happened when the boom ended? Yeah, I lost what I'd made. Right. Right. Isn't that amazing? How did that happen? I guess you turned from a law of attraction to the law of subtraction. (laughs) (laughs) Well said. That was very clever. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. So we see that these misconceptions lead us to shame because none of us can, in fact, control reality. And it leads us into delusion because we have to pretend. And it leads us into alienation, as Todd was talking about, getting along better with people when he realizes that he's part of the whole and that his job isn't to control people, but to learn how to work with people so together we can do whatever is our part you know there we're going to be doing a uh, a special a two-hour special on climate change uh it's going to actually be aired on november 11th it will not be live guys you can't call in but it's going to be a two-hour special 
uh, that we're going to pre-record and we're going to play it for the first time on November 11th right here on Inside Out. It's actually co-sponsored by Voice America. And people say, well, what, why we really should, there's no point in doing anything. Because, uh, you know, the, the globe is going to change anyway. Well, of course, the climate has always changed. But doesn't that mean we, we, but we still have to look at our part, right? So I'm all in favor of let's look at our part. Let's look at our individual part. Let's look at our collective part. And let's not pretend we have control. Why is that so hard to accept? So in a minute, in fact, you know, we're supposed to go to commercial break in two minutes, but I suggest we go to commercial break now because I'd like to ask you, Todd, or James, or anybody who wants to throw their two cents in right now briefly to talk about why it's so darned hard to accept the fact that we are drops of water in the stream, grains of sand on the beach, that we have a part, but we are not the whole. Seems pretty obvious to me, doesn't it? Well, I can Seem answer that one. To you? I can answer that in one word. Ego. Okay. Ego. Yeah. <laughs> but there's there so much go. more to it. There's so much more to it than that. There you go. I guess we have the answer. Would you agree with that, Todd? Ego is the answer? Yes. All right. We are unanimous. I don't know how the rest of our audience feels. All right. We'll we're have going to find to- out. We will. We will. <laughs> and I have more, more I'd like to share. Okay, great. Todd, thanks so much for your call. Bye. Bye. <laughs> and, and now we're going to take a commercial break, but hang in there, even if you want to clobber me. Hang in there. <laughs> Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, bethgreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training, and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Welcome back to Inside Out. Well, we only have one-third of this show left, and we have territory to cover because I'd like to talk about the alternative 
to this kind of thinking. But first, we have a caller, Irene from San Diego. Hi, Beth. Um, Hi, Irene. I, uh, I'm so glad uh, I can speak because I was too old at the time that the, um, this magical thinking came in that we could manifest. And uh, I just had lived through too much reality to believe in it. And uh, it just seems like a dream. But the thing I wanted to share is I think about one of the most powerful attractions of us of it is that it gets us off the hook for all the pain and suffering in the world that we don't know what to do about, we feel powerless about. And seeing that, oh, those people have just manifested that, Mm. Uh, takes the pain of mm. what, that it's present and I don't know what to do about it. I love what you're saying, Irene. That is so significant. That it's just like saying, well, somebody, it's their karma. They were bad in a past life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, okay, well, that's the end of that. You don't have to worry about that anymore. Uh, yes, okay. so all the injustices of, of our world, we don't have to take any responsibility for. That is a very, very good and interesting point. Thanks for calling. I don't mean to rush you off, but we have another right. caller. And then I do want to speak about what the other side is. But I love what you said. It was a great contribution. Thank you for calling. And now we have Elizabeth. Hi there. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Um, what came to me in regards to that question was uh, I think so many of us don't feel value in ourselves. Yes. And don't feel love for ourselves, and it's a way to try and get that. That is another really excellent point, that it gives you a sense of self-worth. And you see, again, this is the tragedy of all of this. There is value in these beliefs. There is some kernel of truth of you know of really let's let's see what power we do have it's just why do we have to make up all the rest of that stuff why mm-hmm. why can't we just say yes i have value i have some power i have something to say and i can't control the outcome so i love what you say elizabeth that's very helpful and i feel like you have one more thing to say before we go mm. Interesting. Now I can't remember the question. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking. We were talking about why we want to believe that we create reality or the law of attraction or any of that stuff. Uh, other than you, you know, just having a sense of control. Yes. Power. Yes, because I feel so out of control. And if I feel like I can manifest something, then at least I have something under my belt. Yeah. That I can say, you know, I have power somewhere. Yes. Yes. Great. Thank you so much for your contribution. You're welcome. Thank you, Okay. I I think I need to speak now about an alternative way of looking at this, and it's not new, but if you look at the things that our callers have talked about, ego talks about getting us off the hook about other suffering, about feeling, you know, like we're perilous, feeling like we have no value. My God, all of that is true. Let's, however, deal with that. 
if we are wanting to believe that we can control reality by visualizing or by, I don't know, drawing pictures or by thinking certain thoughts, and we are feeling so powerless or helpless or impotent, why do we go into the feeling of why we feel so powerless and impotent instead of trying to cover it up with a technique or a tool that is going to end up making us feel more impotent and more powerless when we cannot manifest? Let's say we do manifest something like in, in, in James' example. Oh, my God, you know, I, I, I just made $100,000. So all that does is puff us up make us think that we actually have magical powers. And, but when you lose the money, you're just, it's, you're down. Or when you guide it in one field, but it doesn't happen in another, you don't get the girl, or you can't fix your health, or, you know, it, it, oh my God, you see, you get fed. Oh, when you start seeing some results on one level, then you think, you, you really begin to think you are magical, and, and then you go around, pretending to yourself and then but the reality is you're not going to be magical in all these ways because the universe isn't going to conspire for there to be a real estate boom in every arena of your life (laughs) so you see what i'm saying what i'm saying is instead of trying to do the great cover-up which is going to make you feel worse more value unvaluable more powerless in the end, or keep you completely adrenalated and keep you from looking at reality, you won't even be able to land. You might as well just stay on cocaine. Is why don't we look inside and say, why do we feel that we can't do anything? And I mean, and there are people who believe in, in these beliefs, but who have actually done that and more power to them to say, well, I felt disempowered because I had a father who beat me or I had a mother who molested me or because I lived in a society where I was, you know, at the bottom or whatever the reason. And then we, and they've looked at that and they say, well, that doesn't mean that I have to always feel so powerless. And that is bravo. Yes, you don't have to feel that powerless. You can clear a lot of the energy. If you don't feel valuable, as Elizabeth was saying, like, take a look at why you don't feel valuable and deal with that instead of trying to pretend that you are God. So the first thing we have to do is be willing to look within, and then we have to be willing to look without. As Irene was talking about, let's look at our world and let's see What actually does make sense to us? Doesn't it make sense to us? Doesn't the law of co-creation make a lot more sense? We, As I say in the Living with Reality, we co-create with the universe in a subtle dance of intention and allowance. And in Platform 3, which is about becoming co-creative, I go into great detail about intention and allowance. When is it good that our intention is not satisfied. There are so many things that we want to have happen. Can you imagine if every child could figure out how to run the universe? Good God. What would the universe look like? A big Lego land? <laughs> or it's Christmas every day? I, I don't, or... It would if, be like, it'd be like playing in a symphony with everybody playing their own thing. Yes. At the same a, time. That is a great analogy. <laughs> That is a great analogy. Cacophony. Chaos. 
So, and not only that, the ego so often wants something for ourselves that isn't good for us. That is just ego, like I want the best looking woman or the highest paid guy or the most stressful job, none of which may be good for me, or I want to eat ice cream all day long. Yes, I am that. <laughs> See, that's why we need to cultivate uh, being guided from by yes. higher consciousness, because that's where we can get a, a sense of what's for the highest good of all, including myself. We don't exactly. do that, and we're uh, just running off half-cocked to pursuing our desires instead of what's really for the highest good. Exactly. And when in platform four of my book, Living with Reality, and remember, guys, you can get that book free of charge by just going to bethgreen.org and going to the link to the newsletter, sign up for my newsletter, and you'll get this book, 688-page book, free of charge, an ebook which will help to really anchor you in a different way of seeing the universe, where we talk about the highest good of all. We talk about our oneness. You know, one of the most important problems, and this is why this kind of thinking is rooted in the ego, is it assumes that I am an individual and that I, as an individual, can create. When what I have been taught, which doesn't mean it's true, but it's what I have been taught, and until further notice, I'm going to keep teaching that, is that we are all parts of the whole. We are not individuals. My, the Beth, that exists, I came from somewhere. I was raised by parents. I was in a culture. I grew up as an American. I was born in, I hate to tell you, 1945. I was <laughs> brought up in New York City. Uh, I have Jewish family. Uh, this is what my life was like. This is what I experienced. I went through the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and so on. I am not my own creation. I don't exist outside the context of humanity. I did not teach myself how to read. I did not teach my, I did not wipe my ass when I was an infant. I am a co-creation of you and everyone else. I am a co-creation of the universe. I am the drop of water, a drop of water in the stream. And we together are God. We together are, even there, we're only aspects of God's consciousness because the God consciousness includes the heavens and the earth, the stars and the, the porcupines and everything else that's not human. <laughs> You know, I, I, I did not create the porcupines. I certainly would not have created the cockroach had anybody asked me. <laughs> that is another reality that I did not create. I did not create the Ebola virus. We didn't even create HIV. We only created its propagation. And there is that interaction between us and the universe. But when... We are angry or disturbed or resenting the fact that we are only the parts of the whole. When we cannot accept our true place as being a small part of the whole, we are always going to puff ourselves up. And how do we get past that resentment? Well, first of all, it is common sense. And if we want to be successful in our lives, we have to align ourselves with reality. And reality does not align itself with us. It's like, oh, yeah, I know how to work with reality. 
But even then, I don't always get the outcome that I want because I am part of the co-creation. One of my aphorisms is, if you think you create reality, try to get somewhere faster in rush hour traffic. We are part of that mess that's going down the highway together. I may be in a different car from you, but I'm still stuck in goddamn gridlock. (laughs) And so I have to accept the fact, that frustrating reality, that my little puny ego that really doesn't know its ass from its elbow anyway, is not going to be able to determine when I'm going to get to that appointment because I can't make those cars go faster. Oh, I know there's going to be a few of you out there that say, oh, yes, I can. I have. I just thought such and such, and the freeway opened. You know why? It's because the accident was moved out of the way. And then beyond that, not only are we part of a collective consciousness that is co-creating climate change or that co-creates the culture or that creates the clothing that I am wearing, I could not manifest cotton for the life of me. But in addition to that, We are all aspects of a bigger, higher consciousness, a divine consciousness. And I say, thank you, God. I want to tell you one line, and then we're going to have to close this program for today and move on to what we're doing next week. And we'll be back on this topic. There is a a line that came to me from God, which was, don't let the paucity of your vision limit the expanse of your soul. And paucity means poverty, for those of you who are not familiar with that word. So don't let the poverty of your vision limit the expanse of your soul. I, as an individual, I don't care how grand I am, have a paucity of vision. I can only see what's in front of my nose, and I can have fantasies about the rest. But there is an expanse of universality, of consciousness, of awareness, of reality that I am way too small to see. It would be like the world according to the ant. That would be the world according to Beth. And when I connect to that higher consciousness and those incredible energies that come through, I am now an agent of a greater consciousness. And when I work in tandem and in cooperation with that greater consciousness, wonderful things can happen. And that's what makes me happy, is that I am a part of something that is greater than myself. And I am glad and relieved that the world does not depend on me and my awareness. James, take it away. What are we doing next week? We have only a, a minute. Our next topic, what did you hope for as a child? Did you try to achieve it? And what was the result? And so as a child, think about the kinds of things you would hope for, achievements, money, career, family, whatever. Pursuing a dream, how did you pursue it? Did you succeed? And uh, if you didn't succeed, did you try something else or give up? In this coming episode, we're taking a journey of self-exploration where we acknowledge what we hoped to experience in life, review whether or not we tried to achieve it, and acknowledge what have been the results, expect some surprises, and commit to making changes if needed. Perhaps our dreams weren't right for us to start with, and it's time for a different perspective. Or maybe the dreams were right, but the path to achieve them, achieve them was flawed. So anyway, uh, you can take some time for a tune-up uh, with this show, and let's ask Beth Green. Tune in, call in, and find out. And now, here, let's watch, what's your final word, Beth? 
Well, I love the fact that we're doing that show next week. I didn't see I was divinely guided to do that show, but it's obviously segues. It's a perfect, uh, you know, leaving off. Whatever our dreams were and our hopes were as children, let's take a look. Let's take a look at whether they were actually fulfilled. And do we really, in retrospect, think that our childish dreams were the highest level that we could achieve as human beings? Maybe our egos are disappointed. But maybe our souls have been expanded by the reality that we've actually had to face. So, God bless you for listening. I'm going to be back on this topic because there's so much more to say. Until then, this is Beth Green from The Inside Out. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Listen for the next edition of Inside Out with Beth Green and James Maynard next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.